This is Chris Enriquez from Spotlights and Light Tower, and you're listening to the New Scene Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the New Scene. I am your host, Keith, and we're back. We are back with another brand new show. It's great to be here, and we've got a fantastic guest this week, Issa Holiday of Slow Crush. One of my favorite new bands. I've really gotten into all of their releases lately, and they've got a lot going on right now. They put out a great album last year, Hush. Check it out. The whole discography is flawless from the debut EP all the way up to Hush. They've got U.S. tour dates starting, and they're from Belgium. They're not over here all the time, so make sure you go check them out if you haven't seen them. The, those U.S. tour dates are leading up to Furnace Fest. I will be there. I'm very excited to see the band. And they've got select dates coming in October overseas in Europe with Deaf Heaven. And we cover all of that. We talk about the history of the band. We talk about other random stuff. It's all coming up momentarily, so strap in. You're going to love it. Before we get into that, let's get some business out of the way. Support me, the new scene. I need two more Apple Podcast reviews. Two more. We're in the home stretch here, people. I just need two Apple Podcast reviews. If you have not submitted a five-star review, open up your Apple Podcast application, search the new scene, scroll down a bit, hit the five-star button, boom, done. And if you leave a nice review, I'll read it on the air like I'm going to do right now. We've got a couple new reviews here. All right. New five-star review from Ash. Five stars. Awesome. This show rules. Keith is amazing. Interviews are so interesting that I cannot stop listening. Ash, you are awesome, and thank you so much. And we've got another new review from Orion Guide. Five stars. My new favorite show. This show delivers incredible content week after week. Love the positivity and genuine kindness of host Keith. Some of my favorite artists have appeared as guests, and it feels like I'm hanging out with them. Always look forward to new episodes every Monday morning. Get into it. Mike, thank you. I know who that is. I know who that is. That's Mike. Mike Shaw, the one, the only. Thank you for the reviews. Thank you, everybody, for your support. Make sure you head over to Death Wish Inc. and buy a shirt. Search the new scene. The shirts pop right up. Go into my social media bios. All the links are there in the link tree. New Scene Pod on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Follow me on Twitch. I do live streams a little more often now. Turn on notifications so you see when I go live. There's plenty of ways to support the new scene, and I thank you, everybody, who is doing so. Also, don't forget to support Iodine Recordings. The Darling Fires Distortions is out now. And it's one of my music recommendations for this week. It's so good. It's just a great record. Really happy for Jolie and the band. Awesome musicians, awesome people, awesome record. Pick up your copy and catch them at Furnace Fest. They'll be playing the first day of Furnace Fest, Friday at noon. I'll be there and I hope to see you there. Also, Nathan Gray and the Iron Roses. Rebel Songs U.S. Pressing is out now. Pick it up. Great album. Great music. For more updates, go to Iodine Recordings on Instagram or iodinerecords.com. 
So let's talk about some more new music, huh? There's a lot of great stuff out there, but this week I am going to recommend to you the new single from Soft Kill. They've got a new single out, Magic Garden. This is from their upcoming sixth record, Canary Yellow, which drops October 31st. This band can do no wrong, honestly. Honestly, the single is great. I can't wait to hear the record. They've got a lot of great music. I love all of it. Great band. And Tobias was on the show recently. Tobias Grave from Soft Kill. Check it out if you have not heard that episode. That is a personally recommended episode by me. All right. So check back in with me in segment three. There's a lot going on. There's a lot of updates. I'm getting. I'm gearing up for Furnace Fest. That's happening soon. Nintendo Direct happened recently. I'll talk about that. Call of Duty Next happened recently. I'll talk about that and some other random stuff going on. But right now, we are going to speak to Issa Holiday of Slow Crush. Enjoy. Right, we are here now with Isa Holiday. Isa, welcome to the show. Hi, Keith. Thanks for having me. Yes, it's wonderful to have you here. Isa, you and Slow Crush have a lot going on. You just put out another great LP last year. You've got some US dates coming up. You've got the gig at Furnace Fest coming up. Very excited to see that. You've got dates with Deaf Heaven in Europe coming up, and we're going to cover all of that. But first, Isa, let me ask you, how are you doing today? I'm doing very well, thank you. It's uh, Sunday, so everything's a bit slow, but that's all good. That's what Sundays are for, right? Exactly, exactly. I want Sunday to be reserved for me to just sit inside and work on all of the things I need to work on. Yep, yep. And try not to think about the existential dread of Monday. (laughs) Does that happen to you too? Uh, I think, yeah, like the, the the closer you get to nighttime, it's like, oh, crap, all of that stuff has to get done tomorrow. Um, but yeah, we're, we're living in the moment, so we're not going to think about that right now. Not at all. And you know what? It's only 2 p.m. here, so I'm still in like the sweet spot. You're, uh, you're It's 8 p.m. where you are, so you're starting to get into the dread section, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, y- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. It's okay, though. I'll I'll hold it off for another couple of hours. <laughs> I figured out a workaround because, Isa, this happens to me, too, on Sundays. Six to seven is a sweet spot. I eat dinner. I see some friends. I feel a bit of a high. And then I start to panic. But I just accept. 
I just started to accept the fact that I'm going to feel uncomfortable. I'm not going to be able to sleep well because I'm thinking about all the stuff I have to do tomorrow and just roll with it. And that, that seems to have helped. Yeah. Yeah. That's, um, that's exactly how I would like to try <laughs> and do that. Um, yeah, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, but I think, yeah, that's just the fact you have to kind of let it go and there's no point in worrying about something that may not even happen. So yeah. The worst part is feeling so uncomfortable that I don't want to do any of the things I normally do. Like it's like watch YouTube. No, I don't want to watch a movie. No, I don't want to play a game. No, I don't want to. So I'll just kind of lay there in bed staring at the ceiling. Yeah, I think, yeah, I mean, it's all about like trying to sort of put together some kind of routine to make you feel comfortable and make you feel sleepy and just go to bed and not think about the next day. <laughs> it's hard, but we can do it if we try. We and can. I believe that. <laughs> exactly. So what do you have going on this week? I imagine there's a lot of preparation with Slow Crush. You've got US dates coming up. You've got a tour in Europe coming up. What's going on? Um, we're actually just chilling out for a bit. Um, <laughs> so I think it's the following week that we're going to do another sort of PA rehearsal together with our sound guy um, to get everything sort of ready for the US because, of course, it's a different setup, a slightly different setup just because we've got to bring all of our crap over <laughs> um yeah. and with the state of um air travel as it is at the moment we're just like trying to cram as much as we can into our carry-on as possible as humanly possible i think i may be wearing cables around my <laughs> around my body <laughs> um just to make sure that nothing gets lost um because we've just been seeing so many horror stories of bands losing all of their gear and airlines not even responding um, so yeah, um, I'm going to touch wood now, <laughs> like every, <laughs> every single piece of wood in my house to make sure that that's not going to happen to us. But, um, yeah, so we're, we're sort of cutting back, um, to the essentials. Um, that being said, we are not going to, um, we're not going to cut back on our, on our show at all. Uh, we are going to give it the best that we can, but just with a, um, a more condensed setup. So. Yeah, we've got some new toys that are smaller. Uh, and yeah, in about a week and a bit's time, we're going to test them all out, make sure that everything is is flight ready. Um, and yeah, make sure that we can bring the, the whole slow crush experience over to the US, albeit in a more compact form. <laughs> so what kind of changes do you have to make? Different amps, different pedals? What adjustments do you make? Right, yeah, uh, exactly that. <laughs> <laughs> different amps um so I, I mean over over the years of slow crush we have gone through so many different um different combinations of tools uh we we started off with like the big monsters of cabinets and and amps and everything like that we've gone to solid states um and now um we've we've got more compact amps so myself um my current setup is just a dark glass pedal which is also a tuner so it's the um oh and i've forgotten the name <laughs> i have the box here <laughs> but it doesn't have the, the name in it but um i will i will remember it 
like when we least expect it. But anyway, it's a dark glass pedal that is also a tuner. So I only have to carry one pedal around with me and it's very new, which is why I've forgotten the name. <laughs> um, and also the dark glass uh, microtubes amp. So I can pretty much put that just in my backpack or in a bum bag, even if it's big enough um, and carry that uh, on the plane. Yeah, that's all I really need, that and my bass. That's perfect, because the the thing I like least about being in a band is carrying around all the equipment. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, you get you get older. Um, if you've played as many shows as we have this year, you start to feel those aches and pains <laughs> in muscles that you never even thought you had. Um, but it's all part of the fun, right? So I think we've learned so much um, just from playing so many shows. Uh, and, and yeah, it's all about efficiencies. The more time that goes by, the more efficient we get. It just happens naturally or it should. Yeah. Yeah. How long has the band been around? What year did you get started? I think it was 2016 that we had our first release. Um, so it was the Ease EP, um, Mm -hmm. just like a couple of tracks that were actually recorded in, in my living room. Um, and I went into the recording just thinking, oh, this is a demo, so, you know, <laughs> we'll, we'll roll with it. Um, but then, like, we, we sent, it, sent it around to a couple of friends, um, and somehow they sent it on to the um, the promoter of Roadburn, uh, and he booked us as our third ever gig. So we played, like, the amazing Roadburn Festival Um yeah, three gigs in, <laughs> which was wow. pretty amazing. Um, yeah, we had a great time. Um, and then from there, it's just sort of, yeah, it just rolled into recording Aurora. And then when that was released, it got, um, yeah, it took off. Um, we didn't expect it to have the success that it did, um, but it's it's all very very much appreciated so um we we still get a lot of messages from from people saying that our music has really helped them through tough times um for from all of our releases so uh yeah it's been a a wild trip (laughs) that's the best feeling isn't it i've had that happen to me a couple times where someone said that something i created helped them in some way and it just blows my mind to think that that's possible yeah, absolutely. Um, like it's just something that you know, music is something that's that's can be very very personal, um, and and it is fantastic to to hear that people can sort of go on this journey with you, and make it their own journey. So, like when we go into writing songs um, or recording songs, we might have a completely different idea of what the music means to us, um, and then we hear all of these stories from from everybody, yeah, from from people who have listened uh, to our songs, um, and they can find something that they can relate, and and it is just very touching to to be able to make that connection with people who've you've never met um who have gone on a completely different sort of path of life but still um music is is the thread that binds us all together it really is i agree with that were you freaking out your third gig being roadburn festival i would have been absolutely (laughs) absolutely (laughs) and that was the third gig that i'd ever sung at so um yeah you're kidding me (laughs) yep yep absolutely (laughs) 
Um, so slow crush uh had you been in bands before slow crush i had um actually me and the boys we've all been playing in bands together in various formats um different combinations for for years um the the guys went to school together and uh yeah so so we've all been playing music together for a long long time um but i'd always just been the bass player that was trying as best as possible to hide behind the big bass cab um <laughs> so yeah with roadburn being the third show i'd ever had to sort of stand in the middle and and uh yeah <laughs> kind of expose myself in that way um it was pretty freaky <laughs> yeah how big is the crowd there is it massive there's just, i mean it's the whole town that it's kind of the the european equivalent of south by southwest a little but, oh. but um but more alternative um so yeah the whole town is just like sprawling with people um and all of the bars are open and and just yeah venues everything becomes a venue um so it's it's a really great atmosphere everyone it it is like the south by southwest for music lovers um people i i know i have friends who like as soon as as soon as roadburn is done that year they will buy tickets immediately for the next year not knowing who's going to show up um so it is just like an experience but other than like some festivals like glastonbury or or big ones here in belgium or or anywhere else in the world it you do really get the feeling that everybody there is 100% sort of listening to the music and um really enjoying themselves i love that yeah how did you you said before slow crush you were always just a bass player how did you end up fronting and singing for slow crush um <laughs> uh i think it was i guess it was kind of uh by accident <laughs> uh in 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 the sense that it's hard to find um it's hard to find people that you know well enough to make music with and it's hard to find like people who you know that you can work well with. Um, so before Slow Crush, um, Yella and I we were playing in another band, um, a more doomy band, and we sort of decided to to try to to make it a little bit different. We wanted to kind of go down a slightly different path, um, and and Yella just said, "How about if you try singing?" Um, so. My voice, as as we were like testing the mics earlier, <laughs> and you saying that it was quite low, my my voice <laughs> is quite quite quiet. Um, so like metal and doom doesn't really suit my my timbre. Um, so so yeah, the the doom project sort of died out, fizzled out. But we still wanted to to play music, and um, yeah, Yella had wanted to play something more um more 90s inspired for a long time but um as mentioned earlier it's hard to find people with the same sort of interests uh or, or the same musical ideas uh so we just sort of we were just chatting with a couple of other friends and they were like oh yeah i've wanted to play something more 90s indie for a long time too um and this being you know us all coming out of a sort of hardcore punk background or more metal, like heavier scene. Um, so uh, that's how it all really started um, with the accident with me not being able to scream <laughs> <laughs> or, or get my voice 
over really, really heavy metal guitars. <laughs> did you try? I did try. Yeah, I tried and failed very, very badly. <laughs> <laughs> but luckily, there's nothing recorded. <laughs> <laughs> At what point do you say, like, I just can't do this? Because sometimes people will... I don't know, they'll try for weeks or months and then they're like, okay, I got it. But at what point were you like, no, nah, this isn't going to work? How did you know? Um, just when when our monitors wouldn't <laughs> wouldn't get any volume out. Um, <laughs> so yeah, and 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 obviously like you can you can only scream so hard um, without ripping apart your your um, your vocal cords if <laughs> if you're not trained to do so. So uh, yeah. The, the the softer the softer singing does lend better to to my vocal um muscles <laughs> yeah you know um i think my favorite genre right now is former hardcore metal kids playing 90s influenced jams which your band is and there's so many great bands doing it right now slow crush holy fawn psalm the list goes on and on it's 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 great music i love it what are some of your influences that went into Slow Crush? That's always a hard question to answer just because there are no direct influences. Is it it is really sort of a um a, a melting pot of everything that we've ever listened to in our lives. <laughs> yeah. Um and and it's just that that whole sort of nineties vibe and, and I know that is really broad, but I think obviously like smashing pumpkins have taught us a lot about effect pedals um <laughs> we've sort of made our own effect pedal the the glow fuzz which is uh inspired by billy corgan's uh screddy mayo pedal um and and just sort of growing up listening to that kind of music that is is something that is definitely sort of alive and kicking in, in slow crush material but then on the other hand um we have the darker side uh that is also that that is also um Visibly is the wrong word because we're talking about music, but there's the darker side that also pops up in in the music that we play, and the doomier side and gloomier side, and it is really just a, a, a yin yang balance between the the light and dark of um, moods that that everybody feels um, that comes across in our music, and that is also like musically um a balance of of everything that we've ever listened to <laughs> that makes sense i had this same exact conversation at my band practice yesterday like we went through the bands that everyone likes and we're like we just sound like all of that together and i'm like okay makes sense yeah yeah and uh and, and i think that's just the best way to to evolve organically um and 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 make your sound something that does like make perfect sense with all of the musicians that play in that band so yeah <laughs> no it makes sense it makes sense i try to focus more now on taking those influences and making something new with it rather than just replicating the bands that i love and trying to sound like them as much as possible which i did when i was younger i guess a lot of people do yeah yeah and and, and that is a great way to sort of learn your instrument um uh, I mean, I think everyone sort of grows up playing covers, uh, and there's nothing wrong with that. But um, when it comes to sort of composing, I think it it doesn't. It has to be something that you, that really comes from your heart. So, um, so there is no better way than to just mix everything that 
that you're passionate about. Absolutely. When you started singing in Slow Crush, how did you know it worked? How did you feel about it in the beginning? Um, so coming back to, to learning your instrument, <laughs> <laughs> um, vocals are also an instrument. And um, how did I know it worked for, for the style that, that I sing in Slow Crush? Um, I, I copied um a lot from pity sex so i would listen to a lot of pity sex and just sort of sing along in the car on the way to work or or wherever i could um and that is what that that style of singing just felt natural um for my for my voice so that's how i knew that 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 was the the best way that i could sort of i could add my voice to the slow crush music um so inspiration wise for the vocals um i i did have to sort of learn from other other singers um in that style so it was a combination of um uh, britney from pity sex um oyumi from um from jaguar who's a, a who are a great um german band and also um Kathy from Mum Runner. So just listening to to those three ladies sing um, inspired me to find my own voice um, in the most natural way that worked, <laughs> really. That's great. Yes, and it does work. I'm surprised the Ease EP was your first release. I figured there was some like underground seven inches that I didn't know about at first because it's such a strong debut. So I'm not surprised that Roadburn heard this and that ended up being your your third gig ever well thank you <laughs> yes um, yeah I th and and like i said we've played in a lot of bands before so i think maybe just the the um experience that we'd had previously um did help us kind of know how to record that uh that that first ep and yeah how to just make all of the the musical parts blend together in in the best way possible you said you recorded that in your living room? Yes, that is Now, correct. this really surprises me as well, because it sounds like it was not recorded in a living room. <laughs> <laughs> we did um, have the helping hand from, from a lot of friends who had decent material, <laughs> decent recording material. Um, so it, it was a, yeah, it, it, it was a, a kind of a luxurious home studio <laughs> situation. <laughs> Oh, nice. Um, so, yeah, it it was it was kind of like nice because it was relaxing because you know you're you're just at home and there's no pressure. Um, we we took our time uh, to do it. Um, that being said, I think we did manage to kind of whip it out in in a good week or so. But I could be completely wrong. <laughs> my mem <laughs> my memory has uh, has has uh, deteriorated deteriorated over the years with everything that's happened. Um, but I, I I just remember not feeling like completely under pressure, uh, knowing that you know you've you've paid a studio so much money to get everything done in a really really short time span, and you cannot mess it up. Um, so definitely like being able to record at your own home does give you that more relaxed feel. Yes, that that's the way to go. That's the way to go, if you can, especially in the beginning, because you're figuring out your sound, you're figuring out how to do things to a degree. You know, you don't want to walk into a studio for your first EP and spend, I don't know, $10,000. I guess unless 
you have the money and you really want to. Yeah. And and especially with uh, the idea in my head that it was just a demo. <laughs> Yeah, that was um that was a lot less pressure. But then, uh, yeah, when when it was kind of picked up and everyone was like, oh, yeah, just release it for real. Um, it was like, oh, OK. <laughs> All right. If you say so. <laughs> um, but yeah, that being said, I mean, we are very happy with with how it turned out. Um, so, yeah, it we couldn't. Well, we could have probably done it better. But, <laughs> but impossible, impossible. It, it 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 was good enough for for the public. So there you go. Exactly. So you're all living in Belgium at this point. We are. Yes. How did you end up there? You grew up in Britain, correct? Yeah, I um I grew up in a little town close to Manchester. Um, my dad got offered a job in Belgium when I was nine years old. So I've been here since then. Um, but always with the idea of. It's just going to be like a short-term contract. Like I think um, the contracts were three years long and they just extended and extended and extended um, until I graduated. And then it was like, oh, uh, so all of my friends, I, I went to a British school. That's where the three-year contract <laughs> kind of comes into play because, yeah, we, it, it wouldn't have made sense if it was just going to be a short period for, to send me off to a uh, Dutch-speaking school or a French-speaking school um, with a completely different curriculum. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I graduated from the British school um, and I chose all of the wrong courses, like for A-levels or whatever, that would like allow you to get into a university in the UK, which is what all of my friends did. Uh, so I stuck around in Belgium. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. So you said you chose the wrong courses. What what did that end up in? Did you like what does that mean? Did you not finish school or did you did, was it just not the right courses for you? Um it was just a really bad uh combination <laughs> of <laughs> studies. Um so the the British national curriculum like forces you to choose uh, i think it was up to five studies um five five different subjects um and i chose things that just would not combine to to a university like a a, a certain course in university so i i chose things like drama and maths and <laughs> english <laughs> like and 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 german so it it would have maybe made sense if i'd like wanted to do something with language but I'm terrible at reading <laughs> um and uh I I actually just wanted to be a body piercer so <laughs> I I I thought okay I'll um I'll like follow a nursing degree but because I'd done nothing in sciences um I I wouldn't be able to apply for uh, a nursing course in in UK universities um and having not done any studies in Dutch um, or, or French. I mean, like having not taken any courses in Dutch or French um, language, it would have, yeah, it, it was a challenge to, to like jump into a, a Belgian university and, and study nursing. But I did. And I, I can speak Dutch fluently, but I'd never had to following the British national curriculum. So it was just a bit daunting. <laughs> um, but yeah. Anyway, <laughs> we're here now. No, that that makes sense. That makes sense. I did the same thing. I all I ever wanted to do was play music or create or I, I just wanted to do creative things, but I was too scared to make that leap fully, or I didn't really know how to. You know, I was doing things, but 
So I went away to, I, and I was stuck in this traditional mindset. Like I have to go to college. I have to get married. I have to do this. I have to do that. So I went away to college and I was taking like economics, which was really stupid because I'm horrible at math and bad with numbers. And I didn't want to do it at all, but I just thought college economics, business job. Okay. And then that didn't work out. So I was going to start taking music courses. And then I just, I kind of failed out of college. Uh, so I just stopped going, but it's a, it's a lot to put on a, I think a 18, 19 year old to figure all that out when they don't even know what's going on. Yeah, absolutely. Like, um, you, you have no experience in life and like, I think, well, in the, in the British curriculum, it's even at 15 that you sort of have to make the, the first step in the direction that you want to take for the rest of your life. And it's just too soon, man. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody knows what they want to do for the rest of their life at 15. Um, no. So, yeah. And and then if you have a careers advisor who can't even pronounce your name, then you're completely screwed. Um, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever become a body piercer? I did not know. I'm also afraid to hurt other people. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, that didn't work out for me. But I do work in in um, pharmaceuticals now. So at least the the, the experience with a nursing course uh, helped me get that far. <laughs> That's good. What do you do in pharmaceuticals? Oh, it's it's boring. I'm a project manager, so I'm, I'm not like all scientist sciency or anything. But um, you're a project manager. I'm a project manager. Hey. <laughs> There you go. So we're going to talk about, um, wait, I'm trying to remember. Did you ever get the PMP? Um, no. <laughs> okay. That's the uh, project management professional certification. I was going to start throwing some project management language at you, but you know what? We're not here for that. It's not Monday yet. Don't do this. <laughs> <laughs> do you work a full-time gig? I do. Um, on the road as well. <laughs> <laughs> so it's that's it, amazing i've heard of people doing that now that's so great that you can do that now yeah I, I think um the the years of covid have proven that you can work remotely and I'd, I'd been doing that i mean i'd been working in the van um before covid even so so it wasn't too much of um of a change for me having to work from home for those two years but but yeah, I mean, it, it's proven that like technology can allow you to work from a tour bus. It's not the most comfortable, <laughs> but it is possible. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I I was fully remote before the shutdown. So I was used to it when it came, you know, and I, I'm so fully integrated to working at home now that I don't ever want to change. I can't. I won't. Yeah, same same here. Um, at first, I was a bit sad that I wouldn't see my, my coworkers. Um, but then somebody stole my, somebody stole my desk. <laughs> so I had no choice, but to, to continue working for a moment. And, and, and I am happier because my houseplants are happier. I think, um, <laughs> they're, they're thriving because of all of the CO2 I breathe out being on all of these ridiculous calls. <laughs> <laughs> Who stole your desk? somebody else <laughs> another guy how worked. did you find out um well it it, it made sense uh because yeah they're they're like yeah they, they needed the space so it's fine it's okay fine. <laughs> okay we'll let that one slide yeah <laughs> so ezp is out we play roadburn festival talk about heading into aurora the 2018 lp that's when you first got on my radar and just uh, how you saw things start to pick up for the band. 
Well, um, so yeah, coming out of the, the hardcore punk scene, we have always had a very involved worth work ethic. Um, so I mean, we know we've we've been in bands long enough to know that nothing nothing comes just like that. Um, so we've always we've always been like hard workers we've we've always known that it's it's important to to get out there and play as many shows as possible um get your music to the listener um in any way possible really and and although the internet has opened up the the world uh, to musicians it's also kind of making it a little bit restrictive in the sense that it depends i mean the algorithm is what chooses who gets to listen to your music right so um so yeah we we've we've always like been touring a lot <laughs> um ever since aurora came out we we've, we've just um been been touring pretty much non-stop and then the shutdown came and i think that has that that certainly came at the right time for us um in the sense that it gave us some room to breathe um we would have been heading into three back-to-back tours just as uh, as the shutdown started. So I think two days before the world came to a close, um, we were supposed to be playing shows in Italy, but yeah, obviously that wasn't going to happen. So we luckily didn't leave on that tour. Um, and then we just saw all of the other countries just one by one sort of cancelling <laughs> cancelling out so we we're like okay that's fine we'll stay home we'll focus on on writing and and finishing up the the last few details for the hush album that was released last year and figuring out how to record that when you couldn't really step outside of your house <laughs> so um yeah it's um it was definitely like the right moment for that to happen uh, we also had to to train up a new guitar player so um had we had to combine that with all of the touring that was on the schedule um we would have definitely had a few burnouts <laughs> three back-to-back tours yep yep we are gluttons for for pain <laughs> <laughs> where were the tours um i think we, yeah so we were just about to head out to europe with cult dreams um like yeah all across sort of uh eastern europe and then we were going to fly out to the west coast of the u.s um to tour with tennis system and then come back and do a tour with la dispute in europe again um i think we we would have had like four days off in between those three tours (laughs) um so and then yeah we still needed to finish up like two entire songs on on hush um or well we we had like the the ideas and structures but we still needed to kind of finalize and put all of the the nice sort of glittery pieces on um and then get ourselves all recording ready and that was supposed to happen just after coming off that last tour um that was when we were supposed to hit the studio so that would have just been like way too soon i think um and we we could have done it i'm 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 pretty sure that we we would have made it but whether it would have been all too it whether it would have been the best for us um that's another <laughs> that's another story <laughs> Exactly. I mean, it's bad. It was a bad situation for many, but for you, it sounds like it was a blessing in disguise. And it kind of was for me too, because it it just changed a lot of things for me, but ultimately for the better. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, that's it, right? You have to kind of 
take a silver lining where you can. Um, it, it was awful. It was, I mean, it was mentally sort of distressing for, for a lot of people and, um, for us as well, like having to just flip, um, and, and, and switch your, your focus differently, um, knowing that you would, you would sort of mentally and physically prepared yourself for all of these shows that had just fallen away completely. Um, it's, it's, it's terrifying, um, but luckily we had a lot of support from, from our online listeners. Um, we, we were able to still sell our merch that we had sort of bought on mass to, to kind of <laughs> sell at shows. Um, and, and luckily people were still supportive and, and bought our stuff online. Um, so we do not have a full basement full of, <laughs> full of t-shirts, um, and records, uh, which is, which is good. <laughs> <laughs> that is good. Where are you at with it now in terms of the shutdown and everything? How is it over there? For myself, I would say I'm pretty close to back to normal. The, everything, all the things that I do are back to in person. And I'm doing that now. I'm not even wearing a mask anymore. I said I was going to w- stop wearing a mask in 2023. <laughs> but I just kind of stopped recently because I have not gotten the thing yet. And I just, you know, I was just like, you know what, I'm letting go. That, that's it. Where are you at with the whole thing? Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, that, well, in, in the UK, so the, the first tour that we did uh, when everything opened up again was in the UK. And there they were a lot further ahead in the terms of reopening um, than we were here in Belgium. So we went into that thinking, oh, yeah, we have to be really, really cautious. We have to just be, you know, like masks on whenever we are in a room with anybody other than the 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 four of us band members um and like constant washing of hands um until they're red raw um (laughs) that's that's how we were preparing ourselves for that tour but then when we got to the uk and we saw that nobody was masking up anymore and everyone was you know there was no social distancing um it was it was a bit of a shocker um but we all got the dreaded omicron <laughs> on our yes. way home um and and i mean yeah that there, there, there was no there was no avoiding that i think um it was winter it was december everything was indoors you got your constant sort of like heat blasting inside and then coming out in the cold um so yeah that that's just breeding germs in any case um and then yeah it, it, it was, uh, it, yeah, it was completely different to, to what we were used to back home. Uh, but we tried our best. <laughs> we really, really did. <laughs> um, but now, every, yeah, it's, it's like nothing ever happened. So, I mean, the UK was, was that way in December last year. But now I think we've played so many shows as well that it's like, oh, last year we couldn't do any of this. Um, but it seems like such a distant memory already. Yeah. Even last year, there was still a lot of shutdown stuff going on. Things mm-hmm. weren't open. People were still yelling at each other about masks or having events and all that kind of thing. But now it just seems back to normal. It struck me. I live in New York City. So one day I was on the subway and it was completely crowded again. And I was like, wow, we're back. Yeah. Yeah. That's, um, did you feel scared the first time that you were in a crowded room? I think it's, it's like, it's crazy how you can adapt so quickly, like, and, and, and like how, how something can feel so normal because you've just been doing something for, for two years and then 
you 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 see your friends again it's like oh how how do we do this again <laughs> exactly it was a big adjustment period and yes i did feel scared because i was involved in some public outdoor things during the pandemic like january 2021 like during the height of it still so that was scary and then i was at furnace fest last year that was kind of scary cuz it's tons of people so i was still wearing a mask but you know i've made it this far without getting anything and there's been no mask mandate for a while now. So after a number of months, I just found myself wearing it less. And then eventually I was like, you know what? I, I'm just letting go. Whatever happens, happens. I'm, you know, I'm, I have the necessary protection. Everything's good. So I'll live. Yeah. Congratulations for not having caught it. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I, you know what? I, I almost feel left out at this point. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like when you're a kid and and all of your friends have braces and you're the one that hasn't had braces and you're like mom can I have braces already? <laughs> um, but no, uh, I, I I do not wish anyone to to get ill. Um, but yeah, I think at this point we just have to we just have to use common sense and just not be too yeah just just like take care of each other. I think that's the most important thing. <laughs> Don't do anything stupid and treat other people with respect. Yeah. <laughs> so you said you, uh, you're writing the... Now, you had a new record come out in 2021, Hush, another excellent record. You mentioned that you were writing during the shutdown and you had to make some adjustments as far as how you did things. What did you do? Were you doing some remote sessions and sending files back and forth? What kind of changes did you have to make? Um, yeah, that, that, that was that. So um, we would sort of send ideas back and forth. Um, and we, we do have, um, we are fortunate enough to have a, a home studio. So that's how we kind of write music uh, anyway, like uh, we try to demo stuff as as quickly as possible. So once an idea pops up, we would just like run up into the home studio and um, record it, <laughs> and um, and then that kind of turns into a sort of working copy um, to just add layers and layers and layers on top of. Um, so it, it was just the same process that we would follow otherwise, really. So we we were already kind of COVID proof. <laughs> <laughs> uh in in that sense but it was just there was a, a lot more time to just really really focus on getting those layers to perfection and also just learning the parts um each of us uh so that when we did hit the studio that it would just become muscle memory and just become an extension of ourselves uh which we wouldn't have had the time to do if we were constantly on the road right right yeah i've heard a lot of bands say that it just allowed them to take a breath and sit down and work on new music or take care of other things. And it sounds like that was the case for you too. Yep. Yep. And um, I, I am not sad about that. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It, I think it was a much needed break for the world. I think about yep. this a lot. You know, everyone is like, go, go, go in this big hurry. And it's kind of changed. It's kind of changed the landscape of a lot of things. Uh, people don't have to be in the office so much anymore, which I think is a great thing. I think about my life before 2019, having go to go into the office four to five times a week, putting on a suit, getting on the subway. And I'm like, you know what? If I ever had to do that again, I'd have to get into another line of business, I think. Yeah, absolutely. It has made a lot 
of people a little bit more climate conscious as well. Um, I mean, the the amount of people that bought bikes <laughs> when when uh, when the world shut down is is crazy. That you can't even get bikes anymore. <laughs> um, and and yeah, it's just taught people that there are other ways to commute to to get your groceries. Um, and it's taught people to. Um, to appreciate more local things. So yeah, you, you, you would go to your, you, you would perhaps before, uh, before lockdown, go to the, the biggest sort of grocery store, um, to try and get all of your goods at once. And, and now you've, you, you're getting to know the local markets or, or, you know, the, your, your, your local, uh, green grocer. So it's, been eye-opening for everyone I think um and that is what the world needed as you said like um it, it was the time of uh, Greta Thun- Thunberg so um that I think it was like the wake-up call that we all needed like you don't have to get on a plane to go to a meeting um <laughs> you know you, you don't have to spend half an hour on a plane to to travel to the Netherlands <laughs> next door um and and have all of this, just yeah, everyone was just hiking up their carbon footprint so much, and and we could just sort of retrace those steps, um, being able to kind of stay home and and think about what is really really important in life, and do you really need to take the car to get bread from the bakers that you could like easily walk to for less than a five minute walk? So. Um, yeah, it was great. <laughs> there, yeah, I hear you on the environmental thing too. That's that's one good thing about social media is, I mean, Twitter can be a hellscape, but it has really opened up my eyes to a lot of things going on politically in this country that are not good and all that stuff. I like those memes where it's like, you know, it's like, oh, this guy took a private jet across two countries for a meeting, but I shouldn't use my plastic bag. And, you know, it's it's funny, but then you think about it and you're like, wait, yeah, there's much bigger things going on that we don't have control over. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, I, I, and, and unfortunately, I think we're kind of, we're kind of rolling back into old habits <laughs> slightly. Yeah. Um, I, I do think like the online meetings and everything that has sort of, improved um the way that you can the the way that you can work remotely as we were speaking about earlier um to to cut down some of those face-to-face meetings that could easily happen over the phone um so i I hope that will stay but um yeah it, it, it is you can see people sort of unnecessarily taking their car out to to go places that they could easily just cycle or walk to uh again but Silver linings. Let's let's try let's try and think about the positives. We're not going to go back completely. <laughs> no, we can't. We just can't. What's the setup like there in Belgium? You know, in, in New York City. Have you been here before? Yeah, yeah, we have. Um, we we started off our tour there um, earlier this year, so we we hung out in New York for a bit before hitting the road and been there on vacation a couple of times. So uh, yeah. But I probably don't know it as well as you do. Yeah, I, I know my neighborhood pretty good, but I, I still get lost. I need people to like show me around Manhattan and stuff. <laughs> but you know, you know how it is here. It's like uh, you can walk everywhere. I don't need a. Car. I haven't owned a car since two thousand seven. Uh, partly because uh, I don't didn't have any money, and partly because I live in cities and I just don't need it. So 
you know, that's good. I like I like everything being very quick and close by. What's the setup like in Belgium? Um, it, I think yeah, you can get out. You can get away with not having a car if you live in the bigger city. So if you live in Brussels or um, or Antwerp or Ghent, I, I guess you can you can do without having a car. But elsewhere, there, there is public transport. So we do have like a bus system that takes you from sort of little suburbs to to the city center. Um, and we have trains and everything, but it's just it's it's not as comfortable or reliable <laughs> so a lot of people do rely on their cars um but a lot of people also do cycle um so yeah but cycling is is a big thing in belgium um if, if you've ever watched the tour de france there are a lot of belgian cyclers i think a lot of those um a lot of those teams uh are sort of focusing in belgium on on their trainings and everything but uh yeah so so there are other ways to commute. <laughs> so we have the newest record out, Hush. We have a lot of great things happening. You've got a run of US dates coming up in September, leading up to Furnace Fest. You've got Furnace Fest. That's going to be exciting. You've got these dates with Deaf Heaven. I mean, are you over the moon right now or what? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, we can't wait to be back in the States. Um, we had a great time. We were there for two months <laughs> um, earlier this year. That was our first sort of big tour. Um, Who was that tour with? Uh, with a couple of bands. So we, we split it up in three sections. Um, we we did the first stretch with Cathedral Bells. Um, and then we did the, the middle bit with Deserta. Um, and the last bit with Somme. And yeah, we, we just had a great time with all of them. Um, it was so much fun. Uh, and, and we did like a full, we did the full US. <laughs> We've been everywhere. <laughs> I wish I, I wish I would have known about the Psalm slow crush leg of the tour. That sounds incredible. Yeah. Unfortunately we did, uh, we did Brooklyn in the first stretch. So, uh, I think, where did we play close to the state? We, we played Philly. That was our last show with Som, um, so that that would have probably been cl been closest to you. Wait, you said you played Brooklyn too? Yeah, that was the first show of the tour. Um, oh, yeah. I see. Yeah, yeah. I'm actually from Philly. Ah, originally, yeah. So I have I have many ties there, but that sounds <laughs> like some great tours. Yeah, and I think we're hitting Brooklyn um, as the first show in in the next stretch. So hope to see you there. Yes, St. Vitus. Have you been there before? Yes. Have you played there before? We have. We played there in, in 2020 together with uh, good friends from Grievo. Um, and I think that was a sold out gig. So um, yeah, it will be great to be back. Yeah, that's my favorite venue. One, because it's close to home. And two, it's just the place to play around here. I love it. Yeah, it, it definitely has a, a really great vibe. Um, yeah, really excited to be back there. And Furnace Fest. Now, I guess you haven't been to that fest before, have you? No, I have not. But that is also very exciting. <laughs> it's like the when we were young for for kids our age. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I went in 2003 because I was on tour with a friend's band. I went again last year. It's fantastic. You're going to absolutely love it. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing you there as well. Oh, awesome. Yeah, it, it, it will be... It'll be um... I think it's our first American festival that we're playing, so it'll be good to sort of to sniff up the vibe there and and see how it differs from from what we're used to back here um, in Europe. Um, but also just like to see 
a, a ton of great bands <laughs> and have a load of fun off stage. It's the only fest I go to now because I like every band on it. I'm not compromising at all. They somehow nailed my taste down to the T. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's uh, it's a good lineup. And it's the most unique festival grounds I've ever seen, too, because it's, it's this old decommissioned furnace and there's a, it's just very industrial and, you know, you'll, you'll see. It's, it's pretty unreal. That makes a lot of sense now. <laughs> yeah. It's not just a name. There's yeah. an actual furnace there. Okay. I hope it's not turned <laughs> on, though, because it'll be hot. <laughs> no, you, it, it's, it's not active anymore. If it's anything like last year, it's hot during the day, but kind of cold at night. So good balance. All right. Thank you. Thank you for prepping me with, with my packing. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. So yes, uh, any, to anyone listening, t-shirt during the day, hoodie or zip up at night. Uh, you can thank me later. <laughs> <laughs> we may have some hoodies to sell as well. <laughs> okay, good. I'm going to, I'm going to keep an eye out for your table. Going back to the early days of the band, you know, you mentioned that you were in university and that you wanted to maybe do body piercing, but you're doing this band as well. At what point did music become the focus? Um, I mean, it's always been it's always been there. Um, but it it's it, I think up until Slow Crush, it was more just like a hobby sort of thing. Um, and then with Slow Crush, even <laughs> it became an expensive hobby <laughs> uh, to start off with. Um, and and we're very appreciative of, of what we've managed to achieve. Um, and and it's it's definitely taken up a huge part of our lives. And I think this is just really like that. That was the point where we thought, oh, we we can maybe do something with music after all it's not just you know we, we can be taken seriously as a band um with with this so i think that's really where the focus sort of became a reality <laughs> if you know what i mean no absolutely because you're working on it as a hobby but then i think once i think once you perfect the craft and a lot of people start to lock on to what you're doing it becomes more yeah that's it and and it is it is all about like who you interact with, who you can reach um, as as public, um, and and who really does take you seriously. Um, I think that's something that uh, that's a, a struggle for all musicians, and especially um, especially female musicians. Um, it is hard to sort of make yourself heard um, and be able to play like the same shows that that other bands can. Um, and and just like yeah, ju just sometimes what gets written about you is is completely taken from a different perspective um, than than male musicians or you know they they so yeah I'm not going to get too negative now but but sometimes like I I am a person who tends to try and see the 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 best side of people and. <laughs> Sometimes I'm maybe a little bit naive uh, in in that sense, thinking that everybody is is just a nice person. Um, but then sometimes when you when you stop and think, it's like, oh, if if they're writing that about a female musician, if it if I was a man, would they would they do the same thing, <laughs> sort of thing? So yeah, it 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 is it is hard to to get people to take you seriously and like when you know that you've put your your heart and soul into writing this music and, and recording and and playing shows and then you know 
to not get the same sort of reviews or or um or coverage as other bands who do not have female members in them it's it's heartbreaking so not only for myself but also for my for my bandmates so um yeah have you experienced that personally where someone is writing and just focusing on the fact that you're a woman or maybe you didn't get the same opportunities that men did in terms of booking shows and everything else i think all the time but like i said i'm <laughs> I'm naive and I don't really focus on that. I try not to. Um, and, uh, it's, it, that being said, I mean, we have, we've, we've had a lot of opportunities and, and, um, um, and I'm, I'm very thankful for, for having played the shows that we have, but, uh, but sometimes it is just that there is still that double standard, um, which, which sucks <laughs> and, and makes no sense. And it, it is always, you know, it is always present in, in the reviews or in the, or in the interviews, like the, the main focus is, oh yeah, it's a female fronted band. It's, um, a band with female members and, um, did that re- was that really necessary? You know, <laughs> um, yeah, it, it seems like a kind of um, prejudgment, um, and and sometimes people just go into the interviews, or, or you know, I, I, we we played a show in um, in New Jersey, and somebody saw me setting up my stuff um, and said to Grivo, who were at the merch stand, "Ah, oh, a female singer? Fuck that shit!" It's like you haven't even heard us play yet, so was that necessary? <laughs> Um, oh my god <laughs> so i mean yeah it's it, it it sucks and 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 that being said i um i don't I, I don't think it's purely my naivety but i i do feel that i am surrounded by very very respectful people so i haven't found myself in situations where i have feel i have felt threatened or undermined because i am a woman um where i do know that other friends of mine other musician friends of mine have had much worse experiences so i'm i'm very grateful that that i've never been in in any situations like that um but it is very very heartbreaking to to know that in 2022 that shit still goes down <laughs> um and it's just not necessary just yeah treat everyone with the same respect <laughs> It's really not that difficult. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I'm just shocked that this guy in Jersey, well, it's a guy from Jersey, so uh, <laughs> uh, my apologies to our New Jersey listeners, but I could just picture him being like, female vocalist? Ah, fuck that shit. Like, yeah. really? Really still in 2022? Yeah. It was 2020, but still. <laughs> oh, well, hopefully they've caught up in the uh, last two years. but I hope know. so, too. Well, he, he sat through the whole set, and he managed to get in my way. <laughs> <laughs> the whole time after the show when I was trying to pack up my shit, but that's fine. We'll we'll let it slide. <laughs> it's a shame, really. It's a shame. I, I always think of uh I had Serena Cherry from Svalbard on the show a while ago. That's an another former Holy Roar band. And she mentioned just some of the horrible things that people say online and just comments focusing on looks and, and how that affected her. And you know what? It really shouldn't be that way because th- that same scrutiny is not put on men. You know, they don't say like male fronted band, so-and-so, he doesn't look that good. Uh, so we're only going to base the music on that merit. Yeah, it's it's um, it's as if like, is it a, as if those people are just trying to find something negative to say because 
they do like your music, but they are intimidated intimidated to say so. <laughs> yeah. Um it 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 is I mean it I understand like critiques how I mean yeah re- people who write reviews have to critique something and maybe they get brownie points for for doing so but if it has nothing to do with the music then it has no it gives no benefit to what you're writing <laughs> Um, uh, and I think it's just like cases where people just don't understand what you're trying to, what you're trying to get across. And so they try to, to put something poetic into what they're writing up. And also just people who get kicks out of being negative online. Um, it doesn't, yeah, it, it doesn't add any, any context or, or anything. Yeah. It, it doesn't make your life better. So why do it? <laughs> no. And there's, there's two pieces to it. There's the mutants online and comments sections who just say horrible things and we're going to forget about them completely, but also the editorial column writing interviewing aspect of it. Like you, you don't have to point out that it's a female fronted band or that there's a female in the band or focus on that necessarily. Just, talk to them as people and discover something. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I think I think it is just a case where people are scared to sort of, to admit that they have a softer side or that they, that they can show emotion. <laughs> um, so they have to cover that up by being a dick. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's true. Because even on this show, I'll, I like to get personal and talk about things sometimes, but then something kicks in in my mind and I'm like, no, don't do that. Uh, you don't want people to think you're weak or s- something like that. I mean, do you have moments like that? Uh, I, I'd say yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, unknowingly, probably. Um, but but it, it, I mean, every, everyone is self-conscious uh, in some shape or form. Uh, some people... Uh, more than others um and and it is hard to sort of to to not take comments personally like online comments personally and and so it does make i mean i i hardly ever read my interviews back uh <laughs> if i've done one um just because i i just hate like i hate hearing my own voice and so i hate <laughs> reading what i've said because i know that i've i've been an idiot <laughs> at some point um so so please don't take offense if i don't listen back to this podcast (laughs) um i don't expect anybody to because i don't (laughs) (laughs) i just i check the audio files to make sure there's no gaps and i didn't mess up anything but i'm very self-conscious and i don't want to hear myself (laughs) yeah and 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 so i mean that makes it so hard to 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 hear what other people think of you, especially if it has nothing to do with the music or, or with the intent of what you're trying to, to say. So, yeah. Was there a point when you did dig into online comments and that kind of thing and then you just had to stop or did you just never do it? Um, I, I have done it in the past and I do occasionally still still do it. Um, and I, do, I try to kind of let it go. <laughs> sometimes it's harder especially i mean i think the whole thing the the whole frustration is would they have said the same thing about a man um that's what really kind of gets to me and i can ki- I, I can be really grumpy for a whole day <laughs> if if something like that is there and and i mean everyone's entitled to, entitled to their opinion but just because 
you might not like something doesn't mean that you have to spout that all out on the internet um, and completely turn somebody else off something if that is their style or their taste in music um, just because you're saying that um, somebody is uh, a, a woman in a band and they may not have been so elegant on stage, <laughs> which sometimes I can be um, because I'm clumsy. Uh, <laughs> so, um, yeah, it, 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 it's just people's interpretation um, can can be very different and the life's too short to be negative. So just try and be nice. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, that's my philosophy as well. I get it. It, it. Sometimes I dip my toe in and I have to pull myself out because what I'm going to argue with a bunch of people online like th this is a this is a different situation, but I posted a reel on Instagram for some separate thing that I do and it it got a ton of views. And then everyone in the comment section was like, you suck. This was dumb. You like they just weren't getting what I was doing. And I, I like hit reply and I start typing and I'm like, what are you doing? You're like if you dive into this, you're never going to get out, and you're going to give these people the satisfaction. Pull the ejector seat and get out. And I did, and and so I just turn off notifications, and I'm I'm happy to live in ignorant bliss. <laughs> yeah, it's that. Um, you 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 just can't give those people fuel, um, to just continue to comment bullshit, um, that makes no sense. So, yeah, that that's something that that uh, that I've learned as well. That there's no there's no point in wasting your time and energy on on those people, and um I think we're talking about it way too much now because now it just sounds like we get nothing but negative comments, which isn't the case. It's just it's just so hurtful that it is you know it, it it's it's like everything in life you you tend to remember the worst points and completely forget all of the good things. Um, so yeah, we're we're now just spending too much time and energy on negative stuff. And that's not a good thing. <laughs> no, no, we have to be kind to each other. And you know what, Issa, you keep doing what you're doing because you're great and the band is great and the music is great. And look at all the great stuff that's happening. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll continue to do our best and uh, keep writing good stuff. Hopefully everyone likes it. <laughs> Please do. Please do. All right. So let's let's recap. Let's recap. Now, we're going to have to come see you at these U.S. dates. They kick off September 16th is the first date at St. Vitus in Brooklyn. So we want to go to those. We have to, right? Yes, please. Please do come. Um, it'll be great to see a lot of new faces along with old friends um, who are going to come and hang out with us. Uh, and yeah, we'll be there in all our glory with a more con compact setup, but sounding just the same as we would back home. Uh, and uh, we're very excited to be back. That's awesome. And that's leading up to Furnace Fest Sunday, September 25th. That's going to be an event. I can't wait for you to play that. And I can't wait to see you there. Yeah, absolutely. Come say hi. Uh, we will be hanging out def most definitely um, for the whole day. Uh, so yeah. Um, I'll be happy to meet you there, Keith. Absolutely. And you've got this tour coming up with Deaf Heaven. There's some select dates in October. Yes? Yep, that is correct. So we fly home. We have, I think, three or four nights in our own beds before heading off with Deaf Heaven. Um, and yeah, we're, we're extremely excited about that tour as well. We've been in touch uh, with, with the 
guys for a while. Um, George actually came to our show in Brooklyn. Unfortunately, we we didn't get to meet up after the show, but he he's been he messaged us afterwards. Um, and uh, yeah, he he really liked us our set there. So um, it'll be great to finally meet them in person and and hang out during that tour. That's amazing. Does that blow your mind? Because Deaf Heaven is like a modern classic in my mind. So if George came to my show and then messaged me afterward, and then I was going on this tour, I'd be like, wow, this is great. <laughs> yeah, I actually heard um, from from another another interview I did uh, earlier this week that he had been sort of hyping up Slow Crush um, a couple of years ago even. Um, and that's how the other interviewer got to know us as well. And that was like, oh, okay. <laughs> that's cool <laughs> um so yeah it will be it, it will be great to just sort of yeah see their set as well every night i mean that is that is the dream right um to to be touring with a band that you enjoy listening to as well um so you know that you're gonna have a great night every night absolutely well isa this was great i love the band i love everything that you're doing Looking forward to seeing you. So I just want to say thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show and speak with me. Thank you very, very much, Keith. It's been an absolute pleasure. And uh, I'll see you in about a month's time. And there you have it. Issa Holiday. Really great conversation. Really great band. A pleasure to speak to. You know, I discovered that band a while ago. Someone posted a track from their 2018 LP, Aurora. And I think that's really how they got on the map to uh, the greater world, you know, all over the place. It was the song Glow. I remember hearing it. I remember digging it. And, you know, I'm just a lot more into that type of music now, the kind of new shoegaze thing that's happening. I'm digging it. I really dig this band. Got more into their albums. Every album is great. Every album is great. The EZP, their debut, great. Aurora, the 2018 LP, great. Hush, last year's new LP, great. Can't recommend it enough. I have some tracks on our new scene 2022 Spotify playlist. Search playlists in Spotify. You'll see it. It has a white cover and our logo. Can't miss it. And Iso is just a, such a nice person. Really nice person, you know, and just uh, hearing her experience and how quickly things got started and discovering her voice and just, uh, you know, the third gig ever was Roadburn Fest. I mean, think about that. That's crazy. So it just goes to show you, you just got to keep trying things until you find your thing. You know, she's out there, she's playing music, she's trying this doomy thing, but it's not exactly working. And she could have easily said, okay, I'm never going to sing again, or I'm never going to do this again. But then they tried this new thing, and that's her thing. She's got a beautiful voice. The band writes such good music. Really happy to have her on the show. Thanks so much, Issa. And I can't wait to see them. I think, I don't know if I'm going to catch the... uh the gig at St. Vitus. I might have something going on that day, but I'm definitely going to see them at Furnace Fest. And I can't wait. I can't wait. There's so many great bands playing. I'm really excited to go again and hang out with friends. And speaking of that, you know, I use the show as a 
barometer for my life in a way, you know, because I record this every single week and put it up. And by the time it goes up, I don't remember what I talked about anymore. Like I forget 95% of what I talked about. So I like to go back a year and listen to the show and figure out where I'm at, what I'm doing, listening to the conversations Tommy and I are having. So, you know, if I'm like complaining about the same thing or fixated on the same thing or something didn't change necessarily, I know, you know, it's a good way to see like, oh, maybe I should change this or maybe I should do this differently because I forget. I forget. And even if I'm not going into full detail on the show, if I'm like kind of talking about something, I can remember exactly what was going on. Someone left a nice comment on YouTube about Doug Sablik's episode, which premiered at this time last year. So I went back and listened. And I was uh, complaining about Furnace Fest, the friend I was planning to go with, bailed. And I was thinking about not going to the fest, but I ended up going and everything worked out great. And that actually happened again this year, but I kind of sensed that that was going to happen. And it doesn't matter because I know plenty of people there. It's going to be good. It's going to be fun. It's fine. And I was just talking about, oh, it's hard to keep up with life versus podcast versus work versus this and that. And I just realized, you know, I was talking about that last year and that's still my story this year, but I think it's just getting used to easing back into pre-COVID life. I spent two years basically mostly indoors and I struggle anyway with life balance and all that kind of stuff. You know, I have high anxiety. I don't like to be out for long periods of time. I get overwhelmed easily. So it's always a balancing act, taking care of work, taking care of the podcast, making sure I get out and hang out with friends, being in comfortable situations. And, you know, recovery on top of that, like I don't like to be around people getting fucked up. I don't like to be in bars for too long. That can trigger a lot of things. There's a lot of stuff. It's a long balancing act. And I keep thinking I'm going to get to some point where everything's going to be okay. But I think this is just, I think this is it. I think this is it. I think it's the full adjustment to life all the time. And you know what? That's okay. So yeah, it's good to listen to the show as like a barometer to to see how things are going, where I came from, and where I'm at now. The show helps me remember. It's a living documentation of my life, and I'm happy that I have it for that reason and for many other reasons. So yeah, getting ready to go to Furnace Fest, that's coming up. A lot of great bands. I just keep thinking about watching Sunny Day Real Estate and Elliot and everyone else I talked about. I can't wait. I really can't wait. Last year was so much fun. And I know this year is going to be just as much fun. I've got some time scheduled off from work. I took five full days off from work. I haven't taken any time off in a long time. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. Let's see what else is going on. Okay. Did anyone watch Nintendo Direct? That's like Nintendo's State of the Union address to announce all the games that are coming out and everything that is going on. Now, look. I haven't kept up with Nintendo in a long time, but what is going on over there? Every game that they announced looks like some cartoon, anime, JRPG, or a farming simulator, or a JRPG with farming in it. I don't know. I don't know what is going on. What And Pikmin 4? What is Pikmin? Like, they announced it. It's this game where you open up your cell phone and there's digital flowers and you walk around and you you hold your cell phone up to places you walk around and flowers grow and then your friends can pull out their cell phone and look at your flowers and you can look at their just make a game 
just make a regular video game that is good. What are we doing? What is going on over there? I mean, look, I realize I haven't kept up with Nintendo since what? Nintendo 64, but I don't know what they're doing, but I guess I'm just I guess I'm just not into what they're doing anymore. I mean, everything looks like a cartoon. Plenty of people have recommended Breath of the Wild. Plenty of people speak well about it. But I saw clips from the new Zelda game, and it looks it looks like anime. It looks like an anime kids cartoon game. And I guess I'm just not into it. Like, I see something like Elden Ring, right? And I'm like, this looks cool. This looks like something I want to play. And there's plenty of great game series out there. Elden Ring, God of War, Last of Us. I mean, this, this is where I'm at. This is where I'm at. This is what I want. Nintendo just all looks like anime, weird kids stuff that I'm not into. I guess there's an audience for it. And I guess that audience is not me. And you know what? That's fine. That's fine. There's plenty of games out there to play. And Call of Duty Next happened. And I was watching a lot of coverage of that. Modern Warfare 2 is coming out in October. You know what? It looks fine. It looks fine. I'm sure the multiplayer will be fine. I will play it. I really don't know about Warzone 2. They've added so much stuff that I just, I don't know. It, it just seems like it's too much, you know, like mantling and multiple circles and the loot crates are like shops now and new weapon leveling systems and you can't slide cancel. And it's just, with all the new mechanics and with all the new stuff, they're adding proximity chat and the gulag and you got to team up with someone in the gulag. I don't want to team up with someone in the gulag. I, I play a lot of solos. I just want to go in there and fight and get out. I don't I, look. I'm gonna play it because what else am I gonna play? You know, some anime-looking JRPG on the Switch. No thanks. I don't want that. So I'll, I'll play the next Call of Duty. I'll play Warzone Two. We'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. So listen, if you're interested in the gaming stuff, follow me on Twitch. Turn on notifications so you see when I go live. I also have a gaming Instagram. New Scene Gaming, and a gaming YouTube, also New Scene Gaming, where I put content sometimes when I have time. So check it out. But listen, otherwise, everything is good. There's going to be more podcasts. There's going to be more great guests. There's going to be more great guest co-hosts. It's all happening. So I'm looking forward to seeing everybody at Furnace Fest. If you see me, say hello. Can't wait to see a lot of great bands. Can't wait to see all of you. So I'm back next week with another brand new episode and a brand new guest. So thanks everybody for listening, and until next time.